Folks, what is up? It's me. It's me. Mr. Sensational Gino V. You may have heard a ding just now. It was a text notification coming through on the computer that I'm using to record this very special episode 68 of the podcast, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network, because I could not be bothered to put on any kind of headphones while um, recording this very special episode, because generally speaking, um, there's very little point. Um, there's like one second at the beginning when I hit record while the theme music is still fading out where there could possibly be some audio bleed, but I've never noticed any big deal. And so for the most part, you would not ever notice, it would not have any bearing on the audio quality or lack thereof of the show in any way, shape, or form if I do or do not wear headphones. And I didn't feel like grabbing them today, but of course that means when there is some random system notification, in that case, a notification for a text from like two hours ago. Um, you will possibly hear it, but such is life. And life is what we're all about here on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, a podcast where I, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, an incredibly ordinary, average, unremarkable, un, get this, interesting, some of you may remember the use of the term interesting from, was it last week? I don't know. It all blurs together at this point. But uh, where, where I... Plumb deep into my depths, reach deep into the darkness of my blackened soul, and dig out morsels of that uninteresting, mundane, um, inconsequential life and try to synthesize them into audio content that the tens of ones of you out there listening might find entertaining for about 30 minutes once a week. So let's see, what do we have on the docket for today's very special episode 68? I think we're going to start off with a brief, um, I don't want to say a rant because I don't feel that strongly about it, but a take on um, some current sociological happenings. And then we'll move into um, a response to some content that uh, has aired on the IC Robots radio network within the last few weeks. It's interesting. I don't, I, I don't want to necessarily turn this uh, show into sort of footnote meta commentary on the content that our station boss, IC Robots, puts out, whether it's the world's famous show, whether it's at the movies, whether it's any of the other uh, shows that may appear here on the free portion of the uh, IC Robots radio feed, which you can subscribe to on your preferred podcast platform by searching IC Robots radio and hitting like, subscribe, etc., or on uh, his Patreon channel, which you can find at support the report.com that is support as in be supportive support the report as in the name of his show used to be the toys r us report.com you can hop over there to find out more about what's going on with patreon and uh, how you can get access to patreon patreon exclusive content um but i do kind of like sometimes you know i listen to his shows and really when it comes to podcasts these days i listen to ariel helwani's MMA hour twice a week. I listen to Chael Sonnen's You're Welcome podcast twice a week. I listen to 
NPR's Up First podcast on a daily basis. I listen to the NPR Politics podcast um, some days when I get around to it. Uh, And I occasionally listen to the New York Times Daily podcast if I find the uh, topic of any kind of interest. Um, And that's it. And I can't respond to any of those other people, but I can feel like I have more of a dialogue with um, Icy Robots because I actually know him and uh, we're part of the same network. So it kind of makes sense. Sometimes it kind of works naturally that uh, I will springboard off of things he's already spoken about. And in fact, the thing that I'm going to springboard off this week is something that he talked about sort of springboarding off something I was talking about. So anyway, we'll get to that. But first, a take, a hot take. Now here in the state of California, as of tomorrow, I believe, Wednesday, February 16th, the uh, statewide indoor mask mandate um, that has been imposed, draconianly imposed on the state, um, will be lifted. Uh, no longer compulsory, at least on a state level, to wear cloth masks to ostensibly protect yourself and others from the COVID-19 virus while indoors. Um, of course, then smaller localities, smaller governments, county governments can decide whether or not they will continue to maintain their own countywide mandate or follow the state's guidelines and rescind the mandate. And I believe, at least in the Bay Area where I live, almost all the counties, except for maybe like one, are uh, dumping the mandate in accordance with the state. Um, And, you know, this this topic is, is beyond tired. I guess I will tell you that Myself, Mr. Sensational Gino Vig, I'm please don't take this as any kind of gospel or any kind of, you know, it's very much to each their own. One size does not fit all. I'm just telling you my own personal take, my own personal opinion. When it comes to cloth mask wearing for the sake of feeling like at this point something is being done to curb the spread of COVID-19, I'm fairly, um, it's probably the, the uh, topic matter that I most closely align with the great Mr. Trump. Um, I align with Mr. Trump on mask wearing at this point. We'll we'll explain this in a moment. And I align with Mr. Trump on the fact that he himself is vaccinated with two doses of the COVID-19 vaccine and received a booster dose. So I very much align with Mr. Trump on that um, point as well. So what I'm trying to say here is I completely understand and understood in the pre-vaccine world of COVID-19 where no one really knew what was going on. Everyone's just trying to do their best to survive um, the wearing of any kind of face coverings indoors in crowds is better than nothing because no anything to possibly curb the spread of this thing was great. Somewhere along the line, though, um, very effective, documentedly effective vaccines were developed, as well as a booster regimen that continues to uh, maintain these vaccines' effectiveness um, to to a degree from receiving infection at all, but to a very strong degree uh, receiving infection in any kind of uh, significant way, symptomatic way, um, dangerous to yourself way. And so I feel like at this point, when we are still cleaving to cloth mask wearing, where it's questionable whether whether a cloth mask is how effective it really is at this point, um, cleaving to that in lieu of um, vaccinations, I find that very strange. So in short, to summarize, um, 
It's not, I, I, sure, I don't even care. I'm not someone that's very worked up about mandates of any kind. I mean, when they're just some random public health thing that's not particularly consequential to my daily life, such as occasionally having to wear a mask when I dip into a store. So I, I, I'm neither here nor there with that. It's the, I, I'm not worked up about that. But at this point, I do kind of feel like for people that are vaccinated and boosted, unless you're wearing like a full-blown like N95 properly fitted I don't see like there's still much of a point of wearing a uh, cloth mask from what I've read, from what I understand. Um, so once the, the mandate lifts tomorrow, I will probably cease wearing a mask in public. And again, that choice is open to, to uh, new information that might, may make me change my mind. Um, but as at this point, at this stage of the game, as a fully vaccinated, boosted person who has been living my life completely normally for like, a year or more now, I think it's okay. And I don't know if you caught all of that that just happened now, but um, mid-stream, mid-recording, not only did a random spam phone call come blaring through my computer system, which is somehow connected to my phone. Um, I don't really often use this desktop computer. Um, but uh, right as that blaring phone call came through, the doorbell rang as well. It's just just absolute madness here as I attempt to uh, work out of uh, the sensational office here at Sensational Manor. Um, unexpected noise, unexpected pings, unexpected dings from all quarters. Um, fortunately, it feels as though that was a lone doorbell ring, so it's probably a package. It's not yet another person trying to show up here um, without an appointment, interrupting very important things such as recording the very special episode 68 of the podcast. But anyway, as I was saying, um, uh, I'm perfectly happy to stop wearing a mask. Not that it's some great inconvenience to me. I'm just kind of over the idea, over the thought, you know, and it, of course... If I'm in a situation where, where people would prefer me to wear one, I'm more than willing to accommodate that. I'm not doing this as this belligerent, mutanty, jerk type thing. I'm just saying I'm not concerned about these mandates going away. Um, where it gets weird, though, is uh, it does not apply to schools or, I think, medical facilities. So, like, for instance, I went to the gym yesterday, and there were all these notes up at the gym that as of tomorrow, Wednesday... Masks will now be welcome if you choose to wear one, but no longer mandatory. Um, meanwhile, uh, right after the gym, I got a notice from uh, my 13-year-old daughter, Miss Two's school, that um, masks are indeed continuing to be mandatory despite the uh, state's uh, rule in other venues. Which seems kind of weird at this point. I don't want to get too far into it, but there's plenty of data that it seems like schools are actually one of the lower risk areas. So it's very strange that I can go to a gym, I can go out to bars without a mask, which I've been able to do, you know, because that's the other thing with the masks is at this point, they feel so perfunctory, such kabuki theater. It's like you go to a restaurant, you wear a mask, you know, at the, the reception table or whatever as you check in. You go to your table and then you take it off and sit in there without a mask on for two hours. It's like it, I, I failed to see how the mask did anything for the first 30 seconds or minute of being in the establishment. Um, so it seems odd, this continuing with schools, but I understand, you know, there's always a lot of moving parts to social institutions and God knows who, what's influencing who and who's influencing what. And I don't mean this is some conspiratorial thing. It's just like things are when you it's very easy to be on the outside of an institution looking in and pointing out all the things that seem absurd. When you're actually inside the institution juggling all the moving parts, 
it often starts to make not necessarily more sense because a lot of times because it's so many moving parts, butting heads and, and having competing agendas, it leads to seemingly nonsensical results. But that is the science of social institutions. They are not always neat, easy, sensible entities. So anyway, it's funny with the school thing, and this is the, I'll wrap up here. Um, I have been encountering more and more parents who are just up in arms about masks at school. And for me, it's been a complete non-issue because my kids just wear them and don't even notice them. Don't Could not care less. Or, or they could, yeah, they could not care less. I think I got that right. Um, and it's kind of with everything with school during the pandemic. I mean, there's been parts that sucked that like, you know, their regular school life got interrupted. But my kids are old enough that like doing remote wasn't that big a deal. It's different than like, you know, having a high school or a junior high schooler having to go to school via Zoom. I mean, eventually at some point at that age, you're going to have to start learning to do things online, you know, in the year 2020, 2021, 2022, the, the 2020s, you know, it, it, it's reasonable that pandemic or not, these people, when they go out into the world, are going to be conducting business, uh, doing various things online. So for them, it wasn't that big a deal. I do see how it would be more strange for, say, a kindergartner to be expected to uh, do school online. So I've seen, you know, these parents who themselves are not the students, and maybe their their children or students feel the same way, I have no idea, but just being foaming at the mouth, wanting to die on the hill of no more masks at school. Um... But the funny thing is my kids are kind of bummed about it because I was going to the gym actually with my older child, my uh, 16-year-old daughter, Miss One. And I was like, yay, we don't have to wear masks tomorrow at the gym. She's like, boo, I'm going to wear a mask tomorrow at the gym. I was like, bro, you are in a low-risk group. You're fully vaccinated. You're boosted. She's like, oh, no, 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 it's not about that. And she went on to tell me she has grown to appreciate masks because – People don't have to see what her face looks like in public. She doesn't have to have a certain expression in certain situations. You don't have to worry about, like, you know, what your situation is. Like, are you, uh, gym, case in point, and I was starting to think about this, you know, a little bit uncomfortable to wear a mask at the gym. It's not the end of the world. It's a little bit uncomfortable. But, you know, I can't even remember what it was like to be at the gym without a mask. I, I, I'm only used to being at the gym with a mask these days. And as I'm sitting there, you know, using one of the weight machines, and I'm just, one, two, three. I'm not worried about the grimacing of my face. I'm doing it behind a mask. Um, I'm not worried about whatever spittles flying out. And so I guess this is the reason why people want you wearing cloth masks. But uh, not worried about what's like flying out of my mouth as I'm exhaling and inhaling. And same thing, you know, on the treadmill. Um, it's this nice kind of shield from the world. It's a nice kind of cover of um, unpleasant um, biological functions out there. So I do kind of understand that. So now, now I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, cause it is kind of handy to wear a mask at the gym as much as it's also uncomfortable. I, th- I guess the, 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 it's the best of both worlds now because you can bring one with you. And if you're feeling like you want to just be all and not want people to see the attendant facial expressions, you can throw the mask on. But if you like can't breathe cause you're inhaling your own, uh, what carbon monoxide or whatever, from running on the treadmill, you can just take it off for a few minutes and no one's going to trip. I mean, I'm sure someone will still trip, but you know what I'm saying. You, you, won't, you won't be violating any any uh, uh, social directives at that point. Um, but my final takeaway with all of this, my final take with the school thing, and, and, and I, I understand people have different feelings. I understand where everyone's coming from. But 
just kind of with school stuff in general, because there's all these stories out there now in the ether, like the, the the parents that are up in arms about the so-called critical race theory, the parents that want masks, don't want masks, the parents that didn't like this, didn't like that, have all these opinions, want to protest this, ban that. I certainly hope, I certainly hope that these people were positive, active members of their kids' school community before COVID. And I would implore them that if they weren't, take some of that energy they've used for being up in arms, for being disgruntled. And as things start to settle down, put some of that energy into positively interacting in the community. You know, volunteer at an event, um, volunteer in the classroom. Um, I feel like there's just a lot, been a lot of energy available to parents. And I remember when I was a hardcore school volunteer. Um, there's not a lot of parents out there volunteering. And I, I know people are busy. I know people got all kinds of stuff. But I, like I'm saying, these busy people I'm seeing are having a lot of time and energy to um, uh, utilize toward negativity. And I don't mean it's necessarily that you're being negative because you don't like something. But th- there's one thing to use a lot of energy to protest things. There's another side to using that energy to actually being a member of a community, helping produce things. And I would, I would, because I know I don't even think there's any parents listening to this show, so why am I even <laughs> talking about this? I would say that it goes beyond the parental sphere. It goes beyond whether you have kids or not. It's anything in your life. Always easy to be angry about things. Trust me, I am all the time. Always easy to be up in arms. A little harder to put yourself out there and be a contributor. Be someone who's helping uh, things happen rather than complaining about what's happening. Why didn't they do that? Why did they do this? Maybe try becoming part of they for once and uh, seeing how that works out. Maybe you can actually um, uh, move things forward in a little more constructive fashion. But hey, what do I know? Just food for thought. You do you. It's all good in the hood. Uh, Moving on to topic number two. Excuse me. So a funny thing happened um, between recording the last segment and sitting down to record the second and final segment. I went to go pick up my children from school, and on the way from having picked up my youngest child and then driving across town to the high school to pick up my older child, uh, we passed <laughs> we passed a anti-mask protest in front of um, one of the other high schools in town, not the one that... Um, my daughter, Miss One, actually goes to. But I've completely changed my opinion. I'm pro- I, I, I'm going to hunt down everyone and force everyone to wear a mask from here on out because this protest was so freaking annoying. There's a bunch of adults, old people, senior citizens, adults my age, milling around in front of a high school and brandishing like 1776 flags. And 
kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't think they were necessarily like malevolently harassing, but they were trying to engage all the high school children that were walking past them, you know, leaving school. It was like right after school got out. So everyone's just like this mass exodus of high school students spilling out into the city. And they're all in various states of masking because they have to be, you know, at school. So some of them still have them on because I know for my children at this point, the, these kids are just used to having them on so that they're on the face. Some of them have them around their neck, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, as they're walking past, they've got all these old people, all these adults like, take off that mask, take off that mask. It's like, dude, you don't, there's got to be, got to be something more positive you can be doing with your time than down here in front of the high school taking your stuff out on high school students. So anyway, I've completely flipped. I'm, I'm, I'm masked for life, masked from the birth to the grave, masked forever. Fighting crime, fighting crime, fighting crime, or however that song goes. That's kind of funny. You know, for such a sort of middling 80s franchise as M.A.S.K. was, mask, I forget what that stands for. I don't. I never even had any of those toys. Uh, my brother had them because he's five years younger than me, and I think they were more his age demo. I remember playing with them, but they were his toys. For as middling as a franchise as Mask was, um, and I don't remember that cartoon being around for but more than a second in the scheme of things. It had one of the most iconic theme songs of all the times. I think I love that song. I could listen to it all day long, every day. Uh, but the one thing I noticed as I was just listening to it on the break, it is kind of funny that they, I feel like they repeat fighting crime twice. It's like, mass crusaders, gonna, da, 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 fighting crime, fighting crime. Unless I've misheard it, uh, you know, and they were saying something else. But that's kind of funny that they just like, well, can't think of anything else to say, so we'll just say fighting crime twice. Okay, moving on, I want to revisit something that I heard um, on... The uh, from the Patreon channel of the IC Robots Radio Network, which again, do yourself a favor, go to supportthereport.com and become a subscriber for as little as one dollar a month. Of course, more if you want to, if you want to contribute even more. Um, but you will gain access to our paid content, and by our, I mean IC Robots because he's the one that puts out all the stuff that comes out on the Patreon, but um. And I don't want to spoil too much because you got to go over there and you got to throw down your dollar or more yourself to, to get into this content. But I will say one thing he was talking about on a uh, recent episode of At the Movies, one of his uh, patrons only shows. Um, he mentioned the fact that I did an episode a few episodes back of my show talking about memories of role playing games and uh, the role that role playing games. Uh, what is <laughs> the role that role-playing games played in my life growing up. Um, and it led him to do a bit of reminiscing on a fellow who you can hear more about um, if you listen to that episode of At The Movies, which you can find over at supportthereport.com. The specific episode in question is um, At The Movies, Clean and some movie theater memories in which he talks about a movie called Clean that he watched on the Voodoo streaming service. And then he talks about some memories of working at the same movie theater that I worked at because we both worked there together. United Artists Cinema 6 in Santa Rosa, California. I worked with Icy Robots there back sometime in the late 1990s. It had to have been like 1995, 1996, something like that. In any case, um, he talked about a fellow named Dave 
Um, and I forgot he actually knew Dave prior to the theater. These are some familial connections, which you can listen to about over there. But um, Dave was a manager, a manager at the theater. The, man- the theater had a handful of managers who at any given shift would be the person in charge for that shift. And then um, you had the scrubs like myself and ISR. Um, Dave was one of the managers and some of the managers were closer to our age and, um, ISR is a little bit older than me, but I was, I was recently out of high school when I started working to the theater. So I was like 18, 19. A lot of the managers were around 20 or so college students, mostly Dave was a little bit older. And now I don't know how old Dave was because at that, you know, at that age, 18, 19, I mean, he seemed like he was really old, not like senior citizen old, but like full on, full blown, middle aged adult old. But at eighteen or nineteen, I mean, God, he could have been thirty five for all I know. You know? <laughs> so, um, but Dave was a fellow. He definitely was like a, of a different um, age sphere than people like ISR and myself. He 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 presented as adult versus young adult or versus college student, uh, responsible college student who was responsible enough to be a manager. Um, or versus just like young slacker like me and ISR who at that point in time were not suited for doing much more than, than sweeping popcorn and tearing tickets. Dave presented as full adult. Dave had a beard with some gray in it. Uh, Dave would always wear essentially kind of like a tuxedo to his shift as a manager, which I think the managers were supposed to wear some kind of spiffy, like a a sport coat or something, but he kind of took it to a next level. If I remember correctly, he was a little more tuxedo-y than um, the average UA manager to the point that I remember one time he went bustling by me and my friend Maury, who also worked at the theater while wearing this tuxedo outfit. And Maury was like, man, that guy's all dressed up and no place to go. And that line comes to mind constantly for me in the, in the years since, in the many, many years since, in the decades since. Every now and again, I'll see some guy rushing around, kind of all dressed up, and I'll think, man, that guy's all dressed up and no place to go. And then Dave flashes in my mind. I bring this to you because Dave is someone that I knew for like a second of my life, a second of his life. But Dave is no longer with us. As ISR um, talked about on his show, Dave died at some point, and I can't remember what year it was, but it was not that long in the scheme of things after we worked with him at the theater, and that was long enough ago that it's probably been a very long time. Um, I remember after I left the theater, after ISR left the theater, Dave left the theater and started managing a Hollywood video where the tuxedo theme continued. Because now the manager uh, get up there, which they all had to wear because I had another friend that managed that same store, was kind of a white dress shirt with a red cummerbund. So he remained all dressed up with no place to go. Although I guess he did technically have somewhere to go because he was working there at Hollywood Video. Worked at Hollywood Video and then he was managing a board game store that was in the mall. And I can't remember the name of that store. Um, Board game store. If there's any kind of chain board game stores that uh, frequent malls, it was that one. Um... And so he was always kind of in my periphery and because I, I, I would see him at Hollywood and then I wasn't a customer of that board game store, but I knew someone else that worked there. And I was like, oh, Dave's still out there doing his thing. And then all of a sudden I heard Dave died, which is weird because Dave was just gone. And it's not like I knew Dave personally outside of that little sphere of time I had with him at the movie theater. So it's like I'm not like I could 
reach out to anyone. You know, it's not like I knew his family. It's not like I, there was no closure. There was just Dave's dead. And particularly because it happened so long ago, one of the blessings of the time period we find ourselves in now, despite all the renting of hair and gnashing of teeth, you will hear about screens, this and digital, that. Nowadays, there, when an individual is out in the world in this internet age, in this digital age in which we live, that digital footprint leaves kind of lasting records that if you're looking to remember someone, if you're looking to find out whatever happened to that guy and you're looking to see maybe an image of him and try to remember him or her or whatever, um, you can usually find that footprint. You can connect with that. Um, but it's so funny because within my lifetime, there was this time that when someone like Dave passed and if they weren't a particularly like prominent member of society or, or, you know, where there's all kinds of newspaper articles written about them, there's still some archive of, they really just were swallowed up into that abyss where they only exist in the sphere of memories of people that they knew a sphere that grows smaller day by day. And of course, all, for all of us, for everyone, everything's going to come to an end and no one's going to remember anything of anyone and there will be no people to remember at some point, I imagine. I don't know. All things move towards the end and all that. But there's something cloying to me about the fact that, uh, of this, this whole time period of my life just being drug under um, into that dark depth of the deep sea, you know, where there's no, I can't connect to it. It's gone for me forever. There's no clear records of it. There were people didn't have phones where they were taking videos of everything every two seconds. There's, there's, and tr- granted I have the memories, but they grow dimmer by the day. And it always, it's one of those things as I get older uh, and I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep at night, I'll think about the things that I, I vaguely remember. And I can like no longer remember someone's name. I think I've talked about this on the show before. I can no longer remember their face and there's absolutely no way of accessing it ever again. And um, there's something kind of scary about that to me. But I know it's my own hang-up because it's very natural. Why would, in the natural order of the world, of course things are, we're constantly losing things. We're constantly in a state of loss. Um, But that being said, there's still this part of me where it brings this panic, this panic-inducing feeling that there are these things in my life that are gone forever that I can no longer access. Someone like Dave being one of them. Um, so it's just funny that ISR brought him up because he's a guy that like, again, knew for a second, always right there on the periphery of my memory, no kind of significant relationship with the man. Part of it was that I knew about the fact that as ISR chronicled, he had created a Western like cowboy style tabletop role-playing game. Um, and I actually knew about that game before I knew him. So it was kind of interesting. It's like, oh, you're the Desperado guy, because Desperado was the name of the game. Not to be confused with that. I tried looking up if there was any records of it online. And of course, again, it's another thing swallowed into the abyss. Uh, there was some other game called Desperados. I think his was called Desperado, and uh, so not to be confused. Um, but again, it's kind of that, that's that thing that, that, that tugs on my Gino Vegan aesthetic heartstrings is this idea of rando people doing things like managing video stores and movie stores who in their spare time are creating role-playing games. That, that creative fire burns even if no one cares. Much like uh, my own yelling out to the tens of ones. Um, that really is what drives my worldview. The, the kind of people that I want to be around, the kind of people that I find inspiration in are, are not celebrities, not celebrated geniuses, not successful 
um, artists. Not that I don't, you know, commune with successful art or watch movies made by famous people or whatever. But to me, what's much more raw, what's much more real is that person, that unsung hero that creates regardless, that creates without being properly compensated, that creates without more than the tens of ones knowing who they are. I love seeing that in other people, and I try to engender that in myself. So um, I appreciated having uh, Dave brought back to the forefront of my memory, if just for a moment. I will always remember, we talked about cigarette smoking last time. Uh, Dave was funny because being a little bit older, being an adult, an adult presenting person, he always tried to have kind of a strict uh, veneer when it came to his management style. And for as much of a for as much of a chucklehead as I was back then, I didn't. I, and you know, uh, there's plenty of hijinks and capers we got up to at the theater. I still generally did what I was supposed to do work wise, you know. So he would kind of always be suspicious, like, "Oh, are you sure you you cleaned all those things?" Like, "Yeah, Dave, I got it, bro. I'm not I'm not just screwing around." So then, if you establish yourself with him as someone that was doing what you were supposed to do, he'd get kind of a mischievous glint in his eye and be like, "Hey, let's take an extra smoke break." So, so we go out there. But then you get like kind of strict again. It's like, oh, okay, we got to get back to work. So it was always kind of fun with Dave. You felt like if you, were, if you got into it with his confidence, you'd see that veneer crack and you'd get to the, the fun-loving Dave. But I remember this one day, Dave smoked a pipe and I smoked cigarettes. And he was like really jonesing one day because he had forgotten his tobacco and he had no way of getting it. So I remember he bummed a cigarette off me and crushed it up and smoked it in his tobacco pipe. I'd never seen such a thing. And I always, that's another thing that I, to this day, vividly remember. So thank you, Dave. Dave is going to springboard us onto next week uh, for a topic that it's one of these ones where I just need to start talking about it from the very beginning if I'm going to have any hope or prayer of covering it. But Dave is a bridge to another part of my life, another workplace in my life that was very formative in my life, that I have very clear memories of. Uh, but again, it happened in that pre-digital age, so there is no record of it. It fades by the day. I would like to pay homage to it. I would like to tell some of those stories. So next week, we are going to talk about my time working at Crown Discount Booksellers in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, and I guess we'll call this a Jobs I Had edition of um, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast because we did one other Jobs I Had edition some time back, some many months ago. We talked about my job at Willie Bird's uh, Turkey Restaurant in Santa Rosa, California. This time we're going to skip a job. We're going to skip UA6 because I feel like that's a job that someday has to be covered in some kind of joint podcast with ISR, with both of us working there. We're going to skip that job and go on to talk about my time at Crown Discount Booksellers. There will be thrills, there will be chills, there will be mutants, there will be mayhem, there will be memories day by day sinking into that deep, vast darkness um, next time on Very Special Episode 69. Uh, but for now, I will bid you adieu on Very Special Episode 68. It's been me, Mr. Sensational Gino V, and I am signing off. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences 
for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. These things that are pleasing you can hurt you somehow. Don't you draw the queen of diamonds, boy? She'll beat you if she's able. You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet. Now it seems to me some fine things have been laid upon your table, but you only want the ones that you can't get. Desperado. Your pain and your hunger, they're driving you home. And freedom, oh freedom, well that's just some people talking. Your prison is walking through this world all alone. Don't you feel? Sun won't shine. It's hard to tell the night.